I've seen where I put a post on Facebook last year on this day and look at the memories last year. And I want all Harvest House to check in. Check in. How are you doing? I'm glad tonight you don't have to check in like that. You're here. I'm glad you're here. Amen. In case you haven't noticed, we're here, but man, we're in a battle. Amen. This world's in a battle right now, are we? Amen. Fighting. Yeah. Hell's fighting. Let me tell you right now, if you think that the devil is interested in um, just holding you captive, you got another thing coming. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes except to steal, kill, destroy. His ultimate goal is he wants to kill you. To steal your joy. But what he really wants to do is destroy you. Amen. 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 Alyssa, the devil wants to destroy that baby you got in your arms. And if he can start right now to change its future, that's what the devil wants. Amen. And I'm thankful you got her in the house of God today. Amen. I was up here holding her a while ago and just praying. God bless this baby. Amen. Bless it. Yes. We're, we're, in a, we're in a battle. And this is why I've been talking about what I've been talking about. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. Jacob hadn't got it up there yet, but he'll get it there for us. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds. That verse right there. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're not our, they're not our doings. They're not our own thinking. They're not our own ways of doing things. But they are mighty through God. What are they going to do? They're going to pull down strongholds. They're going to cast down imagination and every high thing that exalteth or makes itself bigger comes against that knowledge of God and wants to bring every thought into captivity amen, amen. to the obedience of Christ Lord help us here tonight in Jesus name open our hearts our spirits put God put a warfare spirit in us tonight Lord, we're in a battle. We've got children that's lost. We got spouses that's lost. We got young people that used to be in our church and they're not here no more. God, we got adults that's playing with fire in this end time and they need a church that knows how to warfare in the spirit. They need a church, God, that knows how to pray, knows and understands what the word is, God. They know and understand, Lord, the time that we're living in, God. Help us to learn to warfare in the spirit. Hallelujah. Help us tonight. Jesus. Amen. I want the devil to lose. Yes, amen. I'm, here's the thing. I know he's going to lose. Yes. I've done read the back of the book. Yes. And I know that one angel is going to wrap a chain around him and throw him out in the outer darkness. Yes, yes that is our enemy. Yes, he does use our fleshly desire against us. He uses our anger. He uses our frustration. Amen. He uses our disappointments. He uses life. Mm -hmm. He uses the busyness. He uses this world 
pulling on us, making us feel like we don't fit in, making us feel like we gotta have this and we gotta have that and we gotta we gotta make this person happy and that person happy. He uses the devil uses all that stuff in our ears to try his best to fight against us, and if we're not careful, we'll lose out. And that, thank goodness, is we talked about the armor last week. I'm glad that God did not leave us out there by ourselves. Amen. Amen. You ever felt like you got in the middle of something and somebody says, I'm going to be with you, and you turn around and they ain't with you? Oh, God, what am I going to do? I'm glad, I'm glad that God didn't leave us like that. He didn't leave us out there to... To, to go under by ourselves, but he made a way. I'm thankful that scripture says in, in, in John, 1 John, one of them, I don't remember exactly which spot it is. Maybe somebody can help me remember where the script reference is, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. There's a greater on the inside of us. Jake can preach in Sunday talking about miraculous things, asking about all the people who had had the, uh, the Holy Ghost and that was the majority of our church had raised our, their hand uh, during that time and if you've got that spirit inside of you, you've ever been filled and you've been baptized in the name of Jesus there's a greater living on the inside of us Amen. last Thursday night we talked about putting on the armor of God the armor which is every piece of that armor is the very characteristics, the very attributes of who God himself is. And when you put that armor on each piece, you're, you're manifesting, you're putting Jesus into your life. And, and, and he, he'll not only give us weapons, but he give us armor to put on. We, can, we got truth we can put on. That Jesus is the truth, the way, truth, the life. We got a breastplate of righteousness because our righteousness is not good enough. But his righteousness, praise God, is good enough. He, he gives us the gospel that we don't have to walk around without direction. But when we got the gospel, we got our feet shed with the preparation of the gospel. And then, and then we can have faith in the Lord and knowing that, that with God, all things are possible, praise God. He gives us the sword of the spirit, which is the word, praise God. And, and, and we can put this whole armor of God on. We can... Put this helmet of salvation on. I, I'm thankful for the armor of God. Amen. But these weapons that we got, they're not carnal. But they're mighty. Somebody say they're mighty. They're mighty. mighty. Jack, you can go ahead and put that title up there if you want. I, I, I'm still talking about the same thing. Spiritual warfare. Or, or the, the, uh, the weapons of our warfare. We've got some weapons. I talked a little bit about the armor last week. If you hadn't heard that, we'll go back and hear it again. Go back and listen to it again. And, and some of these weapons I'll talk about here is inside of that, but we need to go a little deeper with it because we've got some weapons in our life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And one of the greatest weapons that we have in our life is this right here. Amen. Amen. We've got a weapon in this word. I want to thank God. He gave me a hunger to read the Word of God. Amen. And if you don't have a hunger to read the Word of God and study the Word of God, you need to get it. Amen. Some of y'all might remember Brother uh, um, Blake and them came down here last year for our, for our uh, uh, youth weekend. And y'all may remember BB that was there. I seen where she just finished her reading her Bible in 90 days. And she said, I'm fixing to start it again. I hope every time you read through the Word of God, you get that same attitude. When I read the Word of God, I want to start it all over again. Amen. Praise Amen. God. I'm reading it for my 21st time, and I know what I'm excited about. I'm also listening to it this year. I've been listening to uh, nearly half of it already through the Living, uh, through the living Bible, and I'm, I'm a third of the way through with, with just the regular King James Version, and I, I've never, I never really give it any thought because I read it so much, but man, I'm putting it in my ear. I'm, I'm not getting maybe all of it in because I'm working, doing stuff, but it's going inside of me because this is the thing. I know the Word is a weapon with the Word of God because you know how the devil really wants to attack us? He's going to deceive you, okay? Amen. The devil attacks us directly with deception. Everybody say deception. deception. You know how I know he does this? Because the Bible says that the devil is a liar, and not only is he a liar, but he's a father of all lies. 
And he uses his lies to bring deception to you. He'll tell you that you're nobody. He'll tell you that that church don't preach truth. He'll tell you that you don't have to uh, go to church. He'll tell you you don't need the pastor. You don't need the saints of God. You don't need your Bible. You don't need to pray. You don't have to sing. You don't have to do that way. You don't have to act that way. You don't. He'll tell you all that stuff. And one of the greatest weapons that the devil got is deception. And deception is going to play a major role in this end time. No wonder that we have an illiterate church now. It's not just an illiterate world, but an illiterate church that doesn't understand what the Word of God is. He don't want you reading your Bible. He don't want you talking about church. He don't want you listening to church. So he created apps like Facebook and Instagram that you can look at in the middle of church and keep you from hearing the Word of God because the devil don't want you to have the Word because it's one of the greatest weapons that we have in our life is the Word of God. And the devil's going to try to deceive us. Mark chapter 13 and 6, it says, For many shall come in my name, Jesus talking, saying, I am the Christ, and shall what? Deceive, Deceive many. Galatians 1 and 7 says, there will, be, uh, there will be those who will pervert and distort. They will corrupt the gospel. There's people that's distorting this word. And if we don't know what it says ourselves, we'll be deceived. Amen. I heard a powerful message. If you've never heard... Brother uh, Matt Tuttle preach. You need to hear this man preach. Missionary to Finland. Is that right? Holland, Finland. He was a missionary for years over there. He, he preached the message. I don't remember exactly what the name of it is. But he says we have, he said we have made Jesus our garbage man. And listen to this, the rest of this, what he said with this. He, we made Jesus our garbage man. And, and he said, what I mean by this is that we just lay all of our garbage on Jesus. That's all we think he's good for. Just put all of our garbage on top and bring all of our sin. And yes, that he said, that is what we need. But then the, all we think is, okay, he's got my garbage now. I can go back and pick up some more. And I know all I got to do is just go give all my garbage to Jesus and I'll go do some more garbage because he can handle all my garbage and I'll just keep going back with him my garbage and never get nothing else out of him. And this is the gospel that we got perverted. That you can just continue to live in an ungodly lifestyle, whether it be adultery or fornication or, or pornography or whatever somebody might be sunk up in and just say, all I got to do is ask the Lord to forgive me. Honey, that ain't, that's not repentance. Amen. Repentance is saying, I'm sorry, and stopping it. But it's perverting the gospel. And when we got the word of God, we know different. Because Ephesians 4, 14 also lets us know that we can't be like children that's just tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine that comes along. It's a slight, just cunningness and craftiness. They just lie awake to what? Deceive us. Colossians talked about how it'd be those that would beguile or that would mislead or deceive us through what? Enticing words. Titus said it, he, he said it this way in Titus 3.13. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. The way he attacks is by deception. And the greatest weapon we have against the deception of the devil is the word of God. Because I'm not going to go through it all, but Matthew chapter 4, Jesus used the word against the devil when the devil came to him and tried to deceive him and say, you didn't, get, you didn't got to, uh, uh, you know, uh, you can make these breads, uh, these uh, stones bread. And, and he just, look, you can go up here and you can worship me. He, he, what did Jesus do three times? He used the word. It is written. It is written. The word of God, our Bible, it is life-giving force inside of it. Amen. There is saving power inside of the Word of God. The Word of God is a it is a, a, a probing instrument. If you read the Word, it will probe your life. 
It will be a mirror that will reflect to you and show you where you are in your life and show you where you're doing right and show you where you're doing wrong. The psalmist said in Psalms 119, it's a lamp into my feet, praise God. It'll guide and direct me. It, it lets us know that it is our bread. It will feed us. It, it, it lets us know that it's milk to help us grow and develop. No wonder we've got Christians that's stunted in their growth, praise God. They're just they have no food in their life. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Amen. The word is a seed. It begins to recreate and make something fruitful in our life. It is a, it's a hammer. It will smash and break things out of our world. What's the word of God say in Hebrews 4 and 12? Anybody know? The word of God is what? Quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing, piercing even the sunder. Uh, dividing the sunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. The discerner. The thoughts and the intents of our heart. No wonder David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that what? That I might not sin against thee. So if I've got the word inside of me, I'm directly attacking the deception of the devil. And this is why we got people that's being deceived. That's why some is not here tonight. That's why some has not been here months and months and months. That's why some people are not in the house of God ever because they're being deceived. Amen. And my goodness, I want to put this word so deep in my heart that when the devil starts coming and telling me, come on. It'd be like, I'm just going to be frank and honest. It'd be like somebody come and say, you know what? Your wife is stepping out on me. Right now I say, It is the word of God. We have that sword. But let me tell you something else we got. There is a name. Somebody say the name. Jesus. Somebody say that name again. Jesus. We don't say that name enough. We don't preach that name enough. We don't pray that name enough. What's the big deal about the name of Jesus? Because the name of Jesus attacks the authority of the devil. Because when that name is provoked, when that name is said, he knows, praise the Lord, that that name is above him. And what's wrong with so many people in this world that we're living under the devil. We're under God. We're under Jesus. But we're still living under the devil. But we can go above him when we have that name in our life. And then the devil becomes under our feet. Amen? Amen. You see, the name of Jesus is so powerful because it covers all the names of God. Every bit of God's glory, every bit of his greatness, every bit of who he is, all of his power, all the power of God is wrapped up in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And when we speak the name Jesus, you're, when, when you say, you know what, you know, if, if you're needing healing, if you're needing, if you're needing protection, you're, you're needing to be sanctified, you, you, you need some uh, uh, peace in your life, you need righteousness, you need a shepherd, you, uh, all this stuff. When you need this in the Old Testament, you'd have to go and you'd have to find the right uh, name to go with it, Jehovah Jireh, or my provider, Jehovah Rapha, my healer, Jehovah Nisi, my protection, Jehovah Kadesh, my sanctifier, Jehovah Shalom, my peace, Jehovah Sitkanu, my righteousness, Jehovah Ra, my shepherd, 
Jehovah Shama, my ever-present companion. But you know what? I'm thankful that we don't have to do that. All I've got to do, if I need healing, I say, in the name of Jesus. If I need protection, in the name of Jesus. If I need peace, in the name of Jesus. Whatever I need, we need to learn how to use the name of Jesus again in our life. We don't preach about it enough. We don't sing about it enough. And we don't talk about it enough. Praise God. We need to sing. We need to preach it. We need to talk about it. We need to pray it. The name of Jesus is powerful. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Wherefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above what? Every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things of heaven and things in earth, things under the earth, and every, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God and the, of the Father. There's so much power and authority in the name of Jesus that the demons will literally tremble if he knows somebody really knows who Jesus is. It don't work if you don't know who he is, okay? Ask the seven sons of Sceva. They said, we adjure you by Paul, by, by Jesus, by the one that Paul preaches. The demon said, we know Paul, we know Jesus, but we don't know who you are. The Bible says that the demons leaped on them, stripped the clothes off, and basically took, made them run. But when somebody knows who Jesus is, and we know who he is, and we can begin to say, in the name of Jesus, leave. In the name of Jesus, let it be done. In Matthew 28 and also in Mark 16, Jesus declared that what? All authority was given unto him and then he gave them the power to go out and do what? Jacob preached about it the other day about the miraculous things in our church. We need that in our church. You know what's going to come through? The name of Jesus. He said, these signs, Mark 16, 17, 18, these signs shall follow them that believe and in my name, Jesus talking, in my name shall they cast out devils, speak with new tongues, lay hands on the sick and they shall, be, shall recover. Let me tell you what we need to do. We need to get that revelation we need to become believers like that scripture says and we need to start calling on the name of Jesus and when somebody comes in here sister Penny we ought to have the faith and believe that, hey in Jesus we can lay our hands on and say in the name of Jesus you are healed in the name of Jesus you are delivered why is that name not working for us we need to get to know him better because there is power in his name Jesus gave power to his disciples with that name. He delegated his name to them and gave them authority. Somebody say authority. authority. And as delegates, we are delegates of his name. We are responsible for it. If we don't use his name, nothing will happen. Somebody said, I prayed, I prayed in the name of Jesus. It didn't happen. Let me tell you what. If you don't pray in the name of Jesus, it probably ain't going to happen. Amen. He's given us this weapon. What are we going to do with it? We need to start praying. We need to start speaking healing in my body in the name of Jesus. We need to wake up if you're not feeling good. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to feel better today. You need deliverance? We just need to start speaking. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, he's going to deliver me today. If, you're having, if you need some peace in your life, we need to say, in the name of Jesus, I want some peace in my life today. When we speak that name, and we speak that name in faith, it will move mountains. Yeah. We've got a weapon in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We've been baptized in that name. Amen. Amen. And because of that baptism, we have another great weapon. And it's something we don't hear about no more like some of the old timers used to do. This is the weapon of the blood. Somebody might think the blood is gross. We don't want to talk about the blood. But here's the thing that the blood does. The blood attacks sin. It attacks condemnation that we may feel in our life. The only way to deal with sin is through the blood of Jesus. That's what happens in baptism in Jesus' name. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For what? For the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
And when we get baptized in Jesus' name, them sins are being remitted. That means they've been done away with. John 1 and 7 says, 1 John 1 and 7 says, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And after that initial cleansing, what happens, we rely on the blood to deal with any condemnation in our life. When, when we go down in the name of Jesus, this is the way it's supposed to work. We go to the altar, we repent of our sins, say, God, forgive me. Then we go to the tank, we're baptized in the name of Jesus. And when we're baptized in the name of Jesus, the blood seals that sin, puts it under that, and then it's gone and it's wiped away. It doesn't matter what kind of sin you've committed. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you repent and then you get baptized in the name of Jesus, that sin is gone and it's covered up in the blood of Jesus. Jesus. It's gone. And the devil is not only a tempter, but he is an accuser. And what we, we, uh, we've all failed in life so many times. Can I get an amen? amen. And that's why with the blood is powerful. And that's why a lot of people today, they're, they're living in places of condemnation because we're not using the blood as a weapon in our life. Because the blood, it deals with our guilt it deals with our condemnation. Romans 8 and 1 says, there is, now, there, now for no, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And when the devil comes accusing you, you know what we can do? Amen. Take him back to the blood. Amen. If you have repented over something, you hear, somebody needs to hear me today because this is how the blood works. If you have repented over something and you're not doing it no more, then we can take the devil. He starts coming and telling you that this happened or that happened. You, if you want to, bring him down here to the church if that's what happened and bring him to the altar and say, let me tell you something. There's where I repented. And if he was baptized out here in this tank or the river or wherever it was, you take the devil there and I've repented right there. But that's where the blood was applied. That's where it stopped. You may remember me before that, but I'm telling you right now, that's where it stopped at. That's where my sin ceased to be. And I want to tell you what, we need to learn how to use the blood of Jesus and let the devil know it stopped right there. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Matthew 5, 25, Jesus said, agree with thine adversary quickly. We can agree with him real quick. Yeah, I was a drunk. Yeah, I, I, was, I was hooked on that. Yeah, I had that bad relationship. Yeah, I done that. But the blood. But then remind him that it's under the blood. It's under the blood. It's under the blood. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. If you have repented, praise God, you've been baptized in the name of Jesus. You've been washed with the blood of Jesus. Somebody says, what if I messed up after I've been to that? That takes us back to the word of God. Because then it says, the word washes us. Hallelujah. Then we just go back to the word. Say, devil, I didn't realize that was wrong. But the word opened my eyes up. And, I, and now then it's cleansed me from that sin. And now that I'm applied, the blood's been applied to me. So let me tell you what. Psalms 103 and 12 says, as far as it is from the east, is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Amen. From the east to the west. Hallelujah. Get the revelation of what that means. Because if you go north long enough, you're eventually going to start going south. Amen. And if you go south far enough, you're eventually going to start going north. But if you go east, you just keep going east. You'll never catch west. Because then you got to turn around and go the other way. Because if you go west, you'll never find east. So how far is it from east to west? There is no way to measure. So this is what he's saying. As far as it is from the east to the west, he has removed our transgression from us. Transgression is sin. So when he takes that out of our life, when the blood of Jesus takes it out of our life, honey, it's gone. But the problem is this. He knows that we... Don't always forget it, right? And that person and that person don't forget it. So it goes back to how our enemy works. 
The enemy tries to use deception and come to you with our flesh and says, well, so-and-so said this about you. The next time that happens, just say, it's under the blood. It's under the blood. It's gone. It's under the blood. And what we need to learn how to do is plead the blood of Jesus too. Let's learn to plead the blood of Jesus. I want to tell you what, I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I, I plead the blood of Jesus over our church. Plead the what, what do you mean by plead? I just say, Lord, let your blood cover them. Keep them under the doorpost. Amen. I, I got a few more things to say. I'll, I'll get to it if I can in a minute, but I just I want, I want us to understand the concept of what this is. In we're, 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 we're right at that time of Passover. And what Passover, what Passover means is the fact that, that they were coming out of Egypt and it was the very last plague. And, and, and uh, uh, God told them, I want you to go get a lamb and I want you to kill that lamb and I want you to eat that lamb, but I want you to take the blood of that perfect lamb and I want you to put it over top of your doorpost and stay behind the doorpost. Because that's when the blood doesn't work in your life. It's when you walk out from behind the doorpost. But if we're inside that doorpost under the covering of Jesus, hallelujah, and the blood covers us, the devil cannot get you. I don't care how hard he may try. If we're behind the blood, if we're behind that doorpost where the blood is over there, so you can plead and say, Lord, keep my children in the church. Keep my children, hallelujah, behind that doorpost because it is a powerful weapon. It's the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's talk about prayer. I talked about a little bit. Let me tell you, I, we, I don't think we can talk about prayer enough. It's a powerful weapon. What does prayer do? Prayer attacks the carnal nature. Our carnal thinking. All of us deal with what's known as the old man. The old man. Our old desires. The life that goes against the nature of God. Prayer isn't something we just um, do to try to get God to do what we want Him to do. Alright? And this is the problem we have. It goes back to what I was talking about Brother Matt Tuttle. People just go to the Lord and say, Oh Lord, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Blah, blah, blah. That's important. We need that. But prayer goes beyond that. Prayer attacks that fleshly desire and it puts that in purpose with God prayer is what keeps us focused prayer is what aligns us with walking in the spirit prayer is what keeps the old man crucified amen, amen. it's what brings death to that carnal nature when we it seeks to rise up Paul said 1 Corinthians 15 31 I die daily what, what do you mean by that? Galatians 2 and 20 tells us. He says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet no, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. And what prayer does, it puts us in line with God. All right? You know why there's a lot of divorces in America or in this world? Because there is no communication between the husband and the wife. Amen. And when there is no communication between somebody, then you lose direction with each other. Communicate with your spouse. Communicate with your kids. Kids, communicate with with your parents. Because when you stop communicating with them, you're not on the same page. Amen. And let me tell you something about communication. It is not a one-way street. And this is what prayer is. Prayer, when it's used right, is used, hallelujah, with, with we, we talk to Jesus, He talks to us. Amen. 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 Ain't that right? Amen. <laughs> So, if me and Sister Cheryl is on the same page, we have less issues. But when we're not on the same page, we have more issues. 
Uh, do you hear? Uh-huh. Let me go farther than that. When, if there's been times when I've had a certain sermons and I want to communicate to Bethany and say, look, I'm going to do, do this. I need this song sung. There's been, there's been times when it's like, that's not the song I want. It's like, well, you didn't tell me. How would I know? <laughs> and the majority of the time, I trust her. And she usually always gets it right. But I'm telling you, piano to the drums. If he thinks she's fixing to sing this song, but then she sings another one, he starts with another one. You can tell it real quick. All right? I'm just, this is real simple elementary stuff on prayer. It's communication. That is the biggest thing with communication. And when you can have a good relationship, when I have a good relationship with, with my wife, and I, I you know, I'm a, maybe I'm going to rub her back, all right? And I start rubbing her back or something, other it's like, that hurts. Well, if she don't tell me, well, I may leave some marks on her back, right? It's just very simple. Or, I don't tell her, honey, I'm going to go by, I'm going to bring Chinese home for supper. She said, sounds good. But the problem is, she spent about an hour in there slaving over supper, and then when I get home, there's supper on the table, and i got supper in my arms. I'm just, this is very elementary, but here's what it does. Prayer gives us the advantage. 2 Corinthians 2 and 11 says, Lest Satan should have an advantage over us, for we are ignorant of his devices. And when we communicate with God, he lets us know, yeah, that's a good thing for you to do. Yeah, that's a good person for you to talk to. Or no, you don't need to talk to them. No, you don't need to watch that. No, you don't need to listen to it. Yeah, that's a good thing to do. And when we communicate with God, we have an advantage over the devil because we're not ignorant to his devices. And when people walk around and they never pray, they never communicate with God, they never, they're never on that level with God, then they don't have an awareness of what's going on around them because prayer on the basic level is communicating with God. And there's deeper levels of getting to that. When you get more into some spiritual warfare, there's an incredible message by Brother Anthony Mangan. What's the name of that sermon? Do you remember? He talks about the Holy Ghost. Oh, my goodness, it's powerful. I can't think of the name of it. I, I'll try to get that and let you know what it is. It is powerful. He talks about the Holy Ghost and how what the Holy Ghost does. And that's probably going to be one I'm going get to get to. All right, I, I, got, I got one more and I'll be done with this tonight. This is just a few weapons. We have all kinds of weapons, okay? But I want to help us. We're in warfare. warfare and if we're going to fight this thing... Let's not put an armor on and just go out there and have nothing to fight with. Okay? Because the problem is that the devil will attack us with weariness and he'll attack us with discouragement. Amen? How many has ever gotten weary in journey? How many has ever got discouraged? Oh yeah, more than once. But you know what Isaiah said in Isaiah 61 and 3? He said, I'm going to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. One of the greatest weapons that we have is praise. Okay? Now, now let me talk about this right now. I'm not just talking about coming in here and us yelling and screaming and run the aisles. That's great. We need a good, we need a good, I'm telling you, I've been praying. God, give us a good Holy Ghost, tear down service. I've been praying people are going to be laid out in the floor, running the aisles, swinging from the chandeliers, whatever. I, I want to see people slain out in the spirit. I want that. That's great. But now what I'm talking about is this weapon of praise. Okay? It's, it's not necessarily worship. Worship is a, it's a totally higher, different level. Yeah, that is 
a weapon that we have. But the weapon of praise is you've got to make them, your mind up that I'm going to praise God no matter what. Amen. And we need to take the weapon of praise and we need to begin to start using it against the devil. The song says this. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Let's don't wait till the battle's over. Let's don't even wait till the battle starts. Let's go ahead and start praising God now. When you praise God, the most powerful time when you praise God, there's nothing more powerful than the praise. And the enemy is attacking you. He's coming against you with everything in this world and you're just praising him anyway. Your husband's mad at you. Your spouse is mad at you. Whatever. Your kids are mad at you. The work is, uh, work's not going good. The bills is, is being hard to pay. <coughs> it seems like it's a challenge to do anything in life. You know what that's a good time to do? Get up and praise. Because what praise is, is saying, Lord, I don't like the way things are going, but I love you anyway. Lord, my husband and I are fussing, and my spouse and I are fussing, but you know what, God? I love them. I love them anyway, and I thank you for them anyway. There are some people who don't even have a spouse, and I thank you for it. That car keeps giving you all kinds of trouble, and you have to smack it five times to even get it cranked. You know what you do? Say, God, I thank you that I got a car, because some people don't even have a car. Or if you have is leaking, find a place that ain't leaking and say, God, I'm thankful that I still got a dry place because some people don't even have a house to live in. And when we begin to learn what praise is, we begin to say, God, I thank you for everything that you have. There is something powerful about praise because right now we live in the most judgmental, the most critical Generations we've ever lived in. We can't give praise to anybody for anything. And when you, let me tell you something. When you give any of God's creation praise for something good they've done, guess what you've done? You've praised God. When you smile at that person walking down the hall or walking down the street and you smile at that person and, and just let them see the smile on your face and you make them feel better about themselves. You know what you're doing? You're, you're uplifting them. You're, you're, you're just letting them know, I'm glad to be alive. Amen. We've got so many sourpuss Christians that, that, uh, that just, you know what? You see them in Walmart, you want to run away from them because you don't want to be around. I don't want to be around that because you get done talking to them, you want to go beat your head against the wall just like they look like they have been doing it. Gosh, I don't want to be around them. But we need some people that adds grace to this world. We need some people that adds uh, some salt. That's what he's talking about. Flavor to this world. We need some people that know how to praise God no matter what we're going through. Brother Orton, is that easy? No, it's not easy. It's hard. <laughs> That's the scripture, though. In everything, give thanks. Is that what it says? Is that all that scripture says? What is it? In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. When you don't know what the will of God is, in your life, there's always the will of God to give thanks in everything you're doing. And this is such a powerful weapon. The day when you wake up and you feel like, oh God, this is going to be a bad day. Go get back in your bed. Get back up on the other side and change that statement and say, this is going to be a good day. You wake up and you collapse to the ground because your legs hurt so bad, get yourself back up on the side of the bed and say, Lord, I'm thankful that I got legs. Find something, some way to praise and thank God. Because if you can praise God in whatever you're going through, it's a powerful weapon. Amen. I don't have all the, the numbers and figures. I've read them so many different times through books and heard it through sermons. But you just do a little bit of searching about, uh, about, about people who smiles. Even if you have to force yourself to smile, it'll make you feel better. Yeah. 
just look at yourself and smile. Do whatever you've got to do to smile. And then when you do, bring a praise out and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Because that's what praise is. Anybody can praise, okay? Anybody can praise. Only thing it takes to praise is a decision. It's not, it's not the same as worship. worship. To worship something, you have to love that thing with adoration. But anybody can praise. You don't have to be a saint. You don't have to be saved. You don't have to be in a church for years. A sinner can praise God. The Word of God says, Let everything that hath breath of praise you the Lord. Anybody can praise God. And when you begin to praise Him, something begins to happen in your world. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful weapon that we have. And we need to learn how to use it. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let, let me read this. Psalms 149, 1 through 9 says, Praise you the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. In his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises in the hymn with a timbrel and a harp. We don't see that enough. We need more people praising him to dance. More people praising him with the timbrel. And the, I wish somebody could play the harp. I don't know how to play it. <laughs> Listen to what it says. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people... He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. What's he saying? Praise him with your word in your hand. Amen. Amen. To execute, listen to what it says, to execute vengeance upon the heathen, punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains, their nobles with fetters of arm, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all saints. Praise ye the Lord. Bethany's going to come, or somebody's going to come. I'm going to be done. Psalms 144 and 1 says, Bless be the Lord my strength, who teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. God wants to help us. It's one thing that we'll find in the Word of God if we'll read through it. Throughout the Bible, we see that God was involved in the battle against the enemy. Listen to me. Every great victory in the Bible that was won, God was always involved. Nobody ever won a victory without God. Deuteronomy 1 and 30 says, The Lord your God that goeth before you, he shall fight for you. Deuteronomy 3 and 22 says, You shall not fear them, for the Lord your God shall fight for you. Deuteronomy 24 says, For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemy to save you. Joshua 10 and 25 says, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom you fight. Second Chronicles 20, 32 and 8. Second Chronicles 32 and 8 says, With him is an arm of flesh, but with us the Lord our God to help us fight our battles. Can I tell us something here today that I think we forget so many times? It's not us against the devil. Hear me tonight. It's not us against the devil. It's us and Jesus against the devil. And anything else that may try to keep us from heaven. There's more weapons that I plan on trying to talk about. I plan on talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm going to take that sermon that Brother Mangan preached. I'm going to take some essence from it. We need to know more about the Holy Ghost. We need to actually use the Holy Ghost more. It's a powerful weapon. He didn't just give us the Holy Ghost for nothing. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it another night. Maybe the next time we're going to do this. But here's the key. Here's the key to any weapon that we use. 
when we involve Jesus in the battle, when we use the weapons that he's made available to us, we're in a battle, but not one you have to lose. And when we get him involved in the battle, we're going to win. We're going to win. But we've got to get him involved. And the way we get him involved is we use what he's given us. Why did David, why did David defeat the giant with a sling and a stone? Do we really think it's the sling and the stone that done it? No. We hear his speech before that, don't we? He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? He looked at Goliath. He said, you come to me with a spear and a sword. But what did he say? We probably heard this enough. We know, don't we? But I come to what? I come to you in the name of the Lord. And if we'll come against the enemy in the name of the Lord, we don't got to get it perfect, okay? We don't got to get it perfect. We ain't got to get every little thing perfect. We just got to got gotta have Jesus involved. And everything we can do to get him involved, we can win this battle. So, you stand, come to these altars, whatever you feel tonight, whatever direction you need to do with that. I want us to love him tonight in whatever manner. We are not weaklings. We have a strong God. We have a God that's fighting for us. So she begins to sing, I want us to fight with everything we got. If you need to repent, repent. If you need to thank him for something, thank him. Hallelujah. Let's just commit ourselves that we're going to fight with these weapons. Amen. Let's fight tonight.